from the Spacebird Media Studios. It's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Well, welcome back. It's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. So excited. This is kind of a fun-filled week. We've got Lent. We've got Valentine's for you and I, anniversaries. Like, it's just all kinds of things. So we're looking forward to celebrating with you. Thanks to My Brother's Cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group. Roxanne, how are you? I am fantastical. Good to see you. When do you think that this Super Bowl was as watched as the Mooner landing? Yep like the biggest ever ratings of anything at any time that's how big this mm -hmm. chiefs win was yep huge it was a great game like I, I i and i will say even start to finish there was i i wasn't offended by commercials i felt like the halftime show kind of stayed in its lane uh, i did kind of laugh and compare it to the final scene in xanadu with all the roller skating yeah, it's uh, like, so, do. yeah, so I was like, where's Olivia? We need her to come back. Um, but Usher did a great job. You know, I, I I think it 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 was it was America's Super Bowl. Like it, everybody was really just in good spirits about it. And the biggest of all of it, you know, and we even used it as our meme for the week, too. But the whole moment with uh, Coach Reed and Travis Kelsey like that you know, moment of them on the field, you know, has, has gone viral, but I love that Travis outed himself. He's like, coach tried to protect me in the press conference, but he goes, I was out of line. He goes, I was totally not in a good headspace. I wasn't playing well. And I took it out on him and it wasn't his fault that I wasn't playing well. Um, so I, I love that he owned it because, you know, when you see a player in the midst of that, because even people are like, well, Taylor needs to take notice because if he's got a temper and I'm like, hang on, it's football, man. There's a lot of emotions and hormones and things going on and people <laughs> are bumping into each other like relax. So uh, out of all of that, I love that that moment because it was such like next to them winning. It was the next trendable topic and he owned it. And I, that says a lot about him as a man. Well, it was it was fun to see him get that victory. It got off to a rough start, but uh, sorry, 49ers fans. The commercials, you know, a few of them made me laugh out loud. Uh, that hasn't happened yeah. for a while, but I'm the only one who likes the Etsy commercial about France, how we send him a cheese board and there's a mime there. That made me laugh out loud. Yeah. And I also loved, and I think I'm the only one that loved this, the Bet M MGM, where uh, you had uh, Vince Vaughn, who was just phenomenal and Tom Brady I, that made me laugh out loud. Yeah. How about you? What were your favorites? Well, the, the Dung Kings with Ben Affleck, the JLo, that whole thing. Cause when she looks at him and goes, we talked about this, like I, <laughs> I as a husband, I could relate to that moment. Right. But I will yeah. say out of all of them, the, 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 the one of he's with us, the, the, the one of Jesus washing the feet that one really touched me. I thought that was great to see. But the one that did make me laugh out loud was the M&M's commercial where they were talking about making rings for almost winners. 
and they made it out of <laughs> peanut butter and it's and it's made with the breath of almost champions that just because that's how sick and twisted my humor is and I, it was right in my wheelhouse and it was like one of the first commercials i'm like this is great you know and 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 for celebrities to not take themselves so serious that they can't laugh about you know because even scarlett johansson was in the commercial and they're like you're not an athlete she goes yeah but i missed out on two emmys or oscars or whatever it was <laughs> so so she so she even had some fun with it but it just overall a great experience and i love that even you know like the conversations trending of people you know online were you know not a whole lot of smack talk i mean there's the haters of you know that the nfl's rigged and you know blah 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 whatever who cares? It's entertainment. That's what it's there for. And let it be that for that purpose. It was an enjoyable experience for sure. Now, things happening earlier in the day, it was like a little crazy here locally, the biggest church in Alabama. There's a 17 year old with a pistol headed into church. Well, that's yeah. not going to work. And a volunteer says, hey, you have a pistol. You can't come into church. Turns out the guy has been hauled off. He was wanted or there's some sort of warrant out for his yep. arrest for capital murder. So they're taking care of that. He never made it in the church, but it's a different story for Joel Osteen and Lakewood church and a woman with a big rifle holding on to her own seven-year-old son's hand started shooting people. And, you know, at first the rifle had something about Palestine on it. So they thought it was some sort of outrageous outburst about what's yep. happening in the Middle East but they say that she has a history of mental health issues. Her neighbors were frightened of her. She died. Uh, one man injured. The little boy may not make it. Horrible, horrible. She was yeah. shot by off-duty officers that were there for the church. But just terrible. Yeah, praying for the families affected because, you know, now in this day and age, it. it, it I remember the first Sunday leading worship at my church and or the first Sunday after a local shooting that happened at an Episcopal church here that we started locking our doors once everybody was in, right? You know, everyone that you could see and then the usher kind of just watched for the, you know, latecomers. But again, it's just that, like, even the sound of it gives me chills just to think about that it's, we're locked in to worship so that we're not interrupted by events like this or that something like that could happen. And it, it hurts my heart that we're in that day and age that, you know, we that there's someone pretty much at every church that's packing. Right. And and keeping an eye on things and security. And 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 I understand why. And I'm not saying that it doesn't need to be there. It just sucks that it's there. Yes. It, and, hello. Thank you. Yes, yeah. it does. Why on earth do we have to do that? And, you yeah. know, Satan's dancing a jig. Sure. He's loving it. And it's so unfortunate to have to check people for guns yeah. going into church. I mean, it's it's crazy. All right. We're going to talk about what do you do if you're married to an unbeliever? And, you know, I've been down this road <laughs> and and here's the thing. Um, you are you are not supposed to kick to the curb the, the spouse that you're with that does not believe that's not going to help. Right. I think the best advice is to be a shining example of who you hope to be and not spend all day cracking them over the head with it, over the yeah. Bible or anything else. You need to change. You need to go to church. You need to do this. No one responds to that. Yeah. And, 
you know, my now ex-husband said, I know there's something to this Jesus thing because you're different. Well, that that's the best thing he could have said. Right. Now the frustration of worrying about where's when whether someone gets saved or not. Here's the thing. You are not the Holy Spirit. Right. So I was thinking, well, if I love Jesus enough and I was good enough Christian wife, he would love Jesus too. And we would go to church and old lands and everything would be flowers and kittens and rainbows and sunshine. And guess what? I'm not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I plant a seed, but it's a free will choice whether yeah. you become a believer. Yeah. And, and, for those who may be in a situation where you're not married yet, and the Bible talks about not to be unequally yoked. So just, you know, take that to the Holy Spirit so you can have that inner peace before you walk down the aisle, because it will only be problematic. The whole mindset of, well, we'll get married and then he'll get saved or she'll get saved. Mm, don't lie to yourself. Now, yes, it can, and it may very well happen. But again, the thing too, that tends to happen, and it's such a reminder to all of us, when you're living an example of Christ to the world, sometimes you're the seed, sometimes you're the harvester, and you sometimes may be the tweener. You might be there for the soil and the watering and all of that, but you may never see the fruits of a seed that you planted. But again, your job is not to marry that person so that then that they'll live their lifestyle like you. They need to be right with God before they even can bring anything to you in a relationship. Amen. And if you're thinking, well, the Bible says I can just divorce them because they don't believe Paul absolutely spoke against that. That is not what you are to do. First Corinthians 7, 12 through 13 is the place where you can go if you want to research that. Now, want to be a better parent, but we're talking, we're, we're tackling some tough a heavy stuff week. right now. We got 40 days to figure it out. <laughs> there is the I wish technique and I wish I'm making a joke. I had known about it, but okay. Here's what you say to little Sally. Of course, no one is a Sally anymore. Little Hannah, because there are 5 million of them. There are. I wish we could only have donuts for lunch, but that's not what we're going to do. Now you mm. think, well, that's a bunch of, I'm out. is that, is that really helpful? They say it helps the child immediately. Isn't that mm. cool? I wish we could, whatever crazy thing it is they're suggesting, but we're going to do this yeah. in a calm manner. Well, but have you also seen the flip side where kids, instead of coming and going like at bedtime, you know, can I have some ice cream at bedtime? And, and you know, instead of going to bed and you're like, well, no, you have to. And then they pitch a fit because they want ice cream. But there are some kids who are like wise to the knowledge or maybe TikTok's teaching them some things, you know, in the quiet of their rooms, but they're like, Hey dad, I'd like to stay up and spend some time with you. And, and can we share some ice cream? And then you're playing on the emotions of mom or dad. Cause I know that would get me like if my kids had been smart enough when they were younger, I was like, you know, which now I'm kind of old and crotchety. I'm like, no, got to ride. You know, <laughs> ice cream's melting. Got to ride. So I don't know. I, 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 I can see, I, I don't know, I, I could see it working. I, I, I could because it's it's a gentler parent. Yeah, I wish we could. It's sweet. I'm like you. I didn't tend to be a be like, no is no. And then we're not counting to three either. It's, you know, there's going to be a repercussion you may not like. So there. Hey, I miss oh, the so days of being able go. to eat donuts and Big Macs whenever I wanted. 
Where's that day? I wish that day. I don't want to be that age. I just want that metabolism to come join me <laughs> as I head into the next age, next year of my life. No kidding. A poster worker did the coolest thing ever. And so we have to, be, it blows my mind, actually. So it's a female poster worker. She walks up, she's doing the delivery. She notices the dog of the people has been bitten by a copperhead. Mm -hmm. And Here's how smart she is. She goes to the doorbell camera and says, I know this is your little doggy. I'm worried he's going to die. I'm going to take your doggy to the vet. I think he's been bitten by a snake. And then she, in case they couldn't hear her, this person is brilliant, typed in on her phone where she was taking the dog, held it up. Wow. They're blown away. She's been recognized by a television crew all over the internet as the most amazing woman. And they say the dog probably wouldn't have died. However, you know, they swell up. I had a dog bitten by a snake once. Yeah. But isn't that just the best thing ever? I love it. And you, and probably before ring cameras were created, there were probably the occasional moment where these kinds of things occur for postal workers or delivery people. Like, but now, now that everything is delivered and everything is captured on ring cameras, you would hope that you would start to see more of these kinds just to, just to give us that, Hey, humanity, not so bad after all, like they are looking out for everybody. And you know, it's not just, here's your package. Where's my tip, you know, <laughs> or as one delivery guy took the packages mid lawn and hoisted them full strength onto my porch. Oh my. They went sailing through the air, landed. You could hear the contents crushing. And at the time, Wayne was in cancer treatment. And I opened the door and just started crying. He's like, can I help you? I'm like, you're taking the items that my husband And yeah. <laughs> He was like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I said, you don't understand. He's sick and you're not taking care. I mean, it was a leap. Yeah. But no, but in where you were in the moment, it makes sense anymore. to me. Yeah. I think I probably am permanently ingrained somewhere in his brain. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you need someone to just be like that so that they're because how many other packages did you save for other people? You know, it's not, it's not just driving by your house. Like, no, you take those. Uh, I'm not, I'm not allowed to go to that neighborhood anymore, you know, but he's <laughs> respectful in that. And, and no matter where your home is, it's great to know that you can afford it because of our friend Turin at Birmingham Mortgage Group, now able to help families in Alabama and Florida. He wants to help get you in your dream home this year. One of my girlfriends called me up and said, you were right. He's not only amazing and has gotten me this great rate and has made the process so easy, he prayed with me. Mm -hmm. It was like, whoa, life-changing. And I think we're going to be friends from here on out. This is a extremely bright, conscientious, fabulous human being who mm -hmm. loves the Lord and loves people. His name is Teren Newell, Birmingham Mortgage Group. You, you, you just have to give them a call. You're going to love your experience. 205-259-1656 or behammortgage.com. I know that uh, as we're in the midst of Lent, you know, it's not what you have, 
but who you have. And as we're looking to get closer to God during this time, what are those steps to help us? Well, I love Joseph in the Bible for so many reasons, but here, here he is getting ready to be sold into slavery. And what does God call him? A successful man. Mm. Now, everything in the world tells us we got to have money, the house, we got to drive a really great car. You know, all the things we got to have a big career. We got to have the, the trophy wife or the trophy husband. We got to have perfect little children with gleaming white teeth. Yeah. When, when in reality, what does God look at? The fact that Joseph had nothing materially, but he had everything because the Lord was with him. Mm. And that brings such comfort to me. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, you know, as you think about the next 40 days leading up to Easter and, and the things that you give up and the things that you start doing, I, I think having a mindset like Joseph, when things are coming at you and things are being taken from you because of someone else's agenda and ego and jealousy and all those things, you can't control what's going on around you, but you can give it to God and you can say, okay, well, this is where I'm at. I'm in prison or I'm in this village or I'm in this relationship or whatever. And you're going to serve where you are because again, serving God in the small moments allows him to know that you're ready when he's going to reward you with those big ones. And so, and, and, and again, I, I say this every year, but Lent is not just, I did this and I didn't do this for 40 days. And now I can go back to doing that and stop doing this. It really is supposed to be a behavioral change. So if there's something about our behavior that the Holy Spirit's been trying to get to us, it's during that 40 days that we can learn, okay, I, I really do do that, don't I? Okay, how, how, how can I stop doing those things? And, and the soul ties to, to people, places, and things that keep us from God, we want to break those. We want to be more like Joseph. We want to be more like, and again, and I like to bring this up as well, that the men in the Bible or the women in the Bible, they were flawed. They're not these perfect little characters that, you know, made their story into the Bible because they did things right. You hear the good, the bad, and the ugly, and that's us. How can you not relate to that and say, okay, yeah, Joseph wasn't perfect, but he had some bad things happen, and look how he handled it. I want to handle it like Joseph. Well, I think you bring up an excellent point, examining our hearts. We say, God, examine my heart. Show me. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was being fancy pants. I said, I know I need to forgive this person. And it was like back in the days of a Rolodex, I know anyone young has no idea what they are it used to be a card a circular card holder with phone mm -hmm. numbers mm -hmm. and the lord showed me a vision fate this face that face this face that i needed to freak yeah but if you ask him he will show you yeah. and then your job is to be obedient in that and and i'm glad it happened because there were some old bitter roots from way back when that I needed to let go. Yeah, sure. No, absolutely. And, you know, it always helps when you have a good cup of coffee. So, of course, the Roxanne blend is great, which we're excited to tell you because of the request is now in K-cup form. So you can get the Roxanne blend in K-cups. I love it. So that is long overdue. That's a more expensive process. Sure. But a lot of people really love it. And now boom, there you go. You can do your single serve. And it's just, I think the best coffee ever. Not just because my name's on it. I got to pick it out and I'm picky. So it tastes great. <clears throat> it's 
really wonderful. Go to mybrotherscup.com, click on the Roxanne Blend, and it sends missionaries around the world to proclaim the gospel. I bet this mom from Missouri could use some Roxanne Blended Coffee to go mm-hmm. with her giant mashed potato, potato and dino nuggets. Mm-hmm. Here she is on TikTok. It's it's an outrageous number of views. It's like 20 million people. She is a cute little boy. Her name is Sarah. She said, I'm going to make a Jurassic Park volcano out of mashed taters and gravy. And dino the thing nuggets. is amazing. Yeah. It's huge. And I, but all I'm hearing in my head is my mom going, don't play with your food. Like, that's what I'm hearing. It's like, <laughs> and here it is, mom setting the tone. All right, everybody, you know, let your dino slide down. Yeah. <laughs> I just, and the met, like in my head, I, I'm such oh. a clean freak. Like the mess of that. Like I see these uh, moms that'll take like a table and they'll just like dump spaghetti and meatballs. All right, guys, fill up your plate. No, like that just <laughs> that messes with everything that I stand for. I'm like, everybody gets their portion and then you go back and get extra. <laughs> just can't do it. We're Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Exciting. Not only is it love week, but it's also officially marriage week. And our first repeat guest is officially underway. We're so excited. This is, I, I mean, I guess if this was like, you know, a TV show, we would just write you in as a regular recurring character because your advice is necessarily needed. Arlene Pelican joins us back. How are you? I love this. I get to be written in as a reoccurring character. <laughs> this is exciting. Put it on your it's, resume. It's all right. It's so, <laughs> reoccurring character. It's so great to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me again. Well, for those who may have missed her first appearance here, my goodness, what does she not do? Top marriage and parenting author and speaker. She's been on Focus of the Family, Fox and Friends, TLC, 700 Club, you name it. She's been there, has written several books. And I love the titles, 31 Days to a Happy Husband. I mean, what husband doesn't love that? (laughs) And she's here today to talk about something super important. It is national Marriage Week. So what happens on National Marriage Week? Yes, National Marriage Week. It's every year from February 7th to 14th. It started in 1996 in the UK. And it is a week that we can celebrate marriage, that we can say, you know what? Marriage doesn't get a lot of press, or maybe sometimes it gets bad press, or you've just heard all the horror stories. But this week is set aside to say, you know what? Marriage is good for you. It's good for kids. It's good for nations. And that when the family is anchored in a good, strong, happy marriage, wow, like that family flourishes and you multiply that over and over and over again, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So we want to celebrate that. So that's what National Marriage Week is about, to show younger people that may be kind of shying away from marriage to think, you know what, let me give this marriage thing a second look. And then to support those who are married to say, hey, we want to come alongside of you with resources to help you in your marriage, not just make it, but actually enjoy it. Well, I know for a lot of people as they go into Lent, you know, they're they're dropping yeah. something for 40 days. But I feel like in marriage, we need to pick something back up. So what yes. is the thing or things that we need to pick back up to make sure Ooh, that our marriage is healthier? That. It's so good. Dr. John Gottman, he talked about that even more, you know, he's a great marriage researcher and he said even more than like shared values or, you know, all these different things that make a marriage work, what it really boiled down to was, does, do you still pay attention to your spouse? 
Do you still pay attention to your spouse? So I think that's something to pick up because we used to do that. That's obviously how we got married in the first place. We played a lot of attention to that boy (laughs) or to that girl to the exclusion of everything else in your life. And and what Dr. Gottman found was like, for instance, there was one couple where the husband was talking about that he had just been traveling internationally and he just escaped a coup and the woman was so bored with it, just like, you mm-hmm. know, not even listening. And then another couple, he w- uh, the husband was describing how his mother used to make him bread and the wife was just enthralled with the story. So just the contrast of those two couples. So what kind of person are you in the marriage? Are you like, whatever, you know, like glazed over as your spouse is talking to you, but or are you really making an effort to say, I want to stay curious about you? What's going on with you? I I pay attention to you. Of all the people in the world, of all the technologies in the world, of all the social media in the world, I will still tune into you. Like you are the one that I will listen to. And I think if people picked that up, wow, we would be in a, a much better place in our in our individual marriages. We're definitely believers in keeping it exciting and novelty and doing things we've never done together. Do you think that's important in marriage? Yes, it is important because we have that, you know, like for instance, that's the importance of date night. So what they found in the research were 52% of married people said, nope, we don't date. That means just very few times a year, you know, we barely do it. And 48% of the people surveyed said, yes, we have date night at least once a month, once or twice a month, kind of like that. And what they found was if you regularly date, so what are we doing here? Regularly trying to be creative, try to still do things, try to still have adventures together. Then they found they had a 15% boost in things like overall satisfaction, not likely to divorce, good communication, a good uh, physical intimacy, you know, all those things, they had that boost. And so that creative date night, you know, it can be hard because you're like, we do the same thing all the time. And mm-hmm. at marriageweek.org, you can download, there is I mean, all these creative dates. And um, one of them was like, take A to Z and put it on a piece of paper. And this is kind of a project, a long haul, long-term project, but A to Z and think of all the different dates that you could think of with those letters, you know, and and go do them. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be as simple as saying, hey, let's see how much can we eat and do on $25? You know, just <laughs> trying to think, you know, not much these days, but you could go somewhere. Um, just think of how can I make this a little bit more novel and then really the anticipation of the date. That's something special too. And knowing like, okay, on Friday night, we, I know I'm going to get together. We're going to be able to connect. And being thrifty is a love language. It's not in the book, but it, it, is, it, it, it does count, it's right? like, babe, you saved me money. Come over here. Yeah, that's right. My, my wife jokes. She's like, she goes, you got a BOGO on this. And I go, yes, but it's a love BOGO. <laughs> that's right. That's what works. So true. So true. <laughs> so I know the theme this year is love beyond words. What What's the impact that you're hoping yeah. to have with that mindset for couples? Love beyond words. So just think when you made this vow, you know, in sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer, till death do us part. These were not just words. These were, you know, you're going to have the actions to, and you will live faithfully to your vow. So it's a decision. It's an act of the will. It's commitment. So it's, hey, I'm going to back it up. It's just not just cheap talk. I'm going to back it up. And I, I like to say, like, as far as I'm concerned in this marriage, 
I will do my best to, to ever do anything that will cause you to divorce me or need to or anything like that. You know, make that commitment that I'm going to give a love beyond words, mm. that I'm going to keep showing up for you. And then it really shows up in the small things and the big things, the small things of like, oh, we're eating a dessert. You have the last bite, dear. You know, to the to the, <laughs> to the the big things. I just heard of a gentleman who lost his eyesight and for the last nine years, his wife, he said, his my wife has made sure that I match. My wife has gotten me to all my appointments. She makes sure I'm where I am. And that's that's love beyond words. So so it can be those small things and then it can be those really big things. But but you do see the love beyond words come out when there's difficulty, right? When someone mm -hmm. is sick, when someone is out of work, when someone is is down and needs to be lifted up, all those things, it really is a place for the marriage to shine, to say, I no matter what happens, I'm gonna stick with you and I will express my love beyond words. Arlene, what is research saying about young people and marriage? We yes. have four adult children. I'm going to talk about them now. Oh, my One goodness. is married, but the other three? I mean, wow, we think. Right. Is it Someday. Yes. Okay. yes. And no. so, and they give different excuses. But so what is up with that? Yeah, it's so true. Like they statistically, like the silent generation, 81% of them got married. The boomers, 61% of them got married. Gen X. 53%, millennials, 44%. So you see where the numbers are from 81% wow. of the silent to 44% of millennials. And yes, the marriage rate is down and uh, researchers project that if it continues in this way, then one out of three young adults will never marry one out of three. So really shockingly high number. And you think of that from a pure economic stance of like, where are the workers going to be? Like, what's going to happen if we don't have children? Like, what is going on economically? But then you think we're already lonely. You know, two out of three young people, when they surveyed 33,000 college students, two out of three of them said they were lonely. And if you are growing up and right now, maybe it's not in vogue to get married because you think it's, you know, a stress or responsibility. You want to live free. You want to follow your dreams. That sounds really nice when you're 20 and you're 30. But when you're 40, 50, 60, 70 and you're growing up and you have no kin, you know, this is going to be really a big problem. And so I will say uh, with three kids, two in high school, one in college, they are the joy of my husband and I's life. They bring us so much joy. And for young people today, I think what we need to do is show them, you know, model to them the beauty of marriage, the beauty of not being, not only not being alone, not just the avoidance, like I avoided being alone, mm -hmm. but like the richness of sharing your life with one person, of looking at someone when you're 80 years old and having 50 years of experience between the two of you. I and mean, it's really staggeringly beautiful. And so I think young people have been sold a bill of goods that marriage is antiquated and it like, you know, will take away your freedoms and you'll hate it when in truth, it's it's a vehicle where we grow up and we mature and we become much better people, you know, in that sense. Yeah. Now, obviously, if you're single, you can continue to be a much better person as well. But for young people to see that, well, this marriage thing, it's, it is a very good thing. But in social media, what do you see? You don't see married couples so happy or babies. You know, instead you see the breakups, you see puppies, you don't see babies. You see people loving their work, <laughs> not loving their spouse, you know. So yeah. it's being portrayed as something so backward. You know, my word, if you're a woman and you want to have a baby, why would you do that to yourself? 
when in reality, like, wow, that's like one of the biggest joys you can have. So I think it, we do need more positive images of that. And that's what National Marriage Week wants to try to help to do as well. So as we talk to our kids, because I know my oldest daughter is at that point with her relationship with her man, and I've yes. heard her even say, you know, I worry, you know, because her mom and I didn't make it. So she's worried that at some point they will fizzle out or they will, yeah. you know, what, what can, what can we, cause I, I mean, hopefully she's watched yeah. me learn from the mistakes I made and yeah. apply them in my current marriage. But how can we encourage that next generation that may all be feeling that, that you know, my parents split What's yeah. to say that I don't fall into that. So I have a happy home podcast and I always close the happy home podcast with, you don't have to come from a happy home to create one. You too can have a happy home. And I think there's a hope that needs to be there of, you know what, why couldn't I be different? And why couldn't I be the one to make this, you know, like if I'm afraid, oh, everyone is going to fall by the way. So why couldn't it be us that we make it, you know, really have that belief in that. And then I think when you come through it with commitment, you know, Brad Wilcox at the University of Virginia, he has provided a lot of these statistics that we share. And he had an article in the Wall Street Journal about how most of us think of it like a soulmate marriage. So we think like, oh, you complete me and it's romantic and it's so happy. And But then once that falls apart and once it's like, you're not doing this for me anymore, it's like, whoa. But those who had more of a, I'm in this as a family, like I'm in this for my marriage, we're a team, we're going to build a family together, we're going to build a legacy together. So it wasn't so much the soulmate idea but it was more of the, we're going to create a permanent family together. And I think for our young people, if we can just help them see like, you know, some days it's going to be like flowers and roses and unicorns and happiness, but other days it's just going to be two normal people just kind of slugging it out together. Yeah. And that's okay. And and don't shy away from that. That's okay. And, and really have the goal of we're going to stay together as a marriage, as a family, and you can do that. And I think when we help young people have those expectations, then it's not so jarring when they're like, I don't feel like it anymore. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it works. But you still, you go to work, right? Even when you don't feel like it. Yep. Well, yeah, you still say nice things to your partner and you don't yell at them. Even when you, you know, you, when you don't feel like it, you got to have the self-control. And so <laughs> I think that's what helped them to know, you know, that it's not all flowers, but yeah. it's not all like dreadful rules either. <laughs> Talking National Marriage Week, our guest Arlene Pellicane. We'd love to have her back all the time. We're so thankful Season she was three. willing. How can people connect with you on social media? You can look for me, Arlene Pellicane, and you can look at ArlenePellicane.com uh, for my books and listen to the Happy Home podcast. You can do that wherever you get your podcast. And then National Marriage Week, you can find free date night ideas at marriageweek.org. Arlene, thanks for your wisdoms. We look forward to having you back. Thanks so much, Ace. Appreciate you both. Well, before we go, we always like to check each other's vibe. Roxanne, what are you vibing on this week? Ta-da! These are cornflower seeds. As you can see, they're massive. They're loving my soil. They're loving life. Yeah. They sprouted so quickly. Gardening has become such an obsession that I am learning the life cycle of about, I don't know, 30 different plants that I am raising up from baby form with a grow light. Mm. And in the proper seedling soil, mind you, with yeah. the proper fertilizers, mind you, 
And I'm becoming the crazy plant lady garden nerd. <laughs> well, I mean, and for those, I mean, this is like a first attempt, you know, for those that are new to the show. I mean, you and your garden is kind of a new endeavor. So it's exciting when it's green and healthy. <laughs> I was excited that. Uh, I know the one thing that I love to do is to watch documentaries on music or musicians or bands or whatever, especially if it's from like my childhood. And there is a great documentary that I've been vibing on this week uh, that tells the story of the night they recorded We Are the World. What's that? Oh, it's so good. It's and like, so good. My favorite part, though, is when Waylon Jennings was like, this is not in my range. I'm out. And he just leaves. But everyone else is like cohesive. And like they ordered a bunch of burgers and pizzas. And they're like, all right. And it's so and it's. The night of the Grammy. So after a full night of walking the carpet and all of the big awards, I think Lionel's big year that year is outrageous. You know, that was a big Grammy. You can Google that, kids, if you're wondering, Lionel. He's not just from American Idol. Um, <laughs> but in that, the way that the way that he and Michael wrote that song, the fact that people may not know this, Michael's not a musician. He's a singer, but he's a songwriter. And he wrote the song and the, and the hook just based on, you know, like just with his mouth. And so it's layered. And so just so like it challenges me creatively to go, you know what? Let's collaborate. Let's save the world. I mean, it, it, it's one of the most iconic songs anyway, but to watch and see everybody interacting and and then to watch them like geek out and like sign each other's sheet music, like, you know, because they're all fans of each other. Right. And I fell in love with Huey Lewis because he was so terrified that he mm. would be awful and he was flat the first time he tried to sing next to Cindy Lauper. I mean, hello, can you even do that? Yeah. And yet he did it. And then there's Stevie Wonder trying to mimic and coach everybody. And he's so brilliant. He was able to relax some nerves. And the thing where I cried, though, is in the end, when Diana Ross couldn't stop crying because she didn't want it to end. And I, yeah. I looked at Wayne and I said, I'm losing it over that. Because yep. have you ever had a night? like that yeah where you knew it was so magical you'd never have it again and you didn't yeah. want it to stop yeah it's like going to camp you know you didn't want you know you get home from camp you got like the six weeks blues because <laughs> you're missing everybody so it's 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 really worth watching uh so check it out when you get some time thanks for checking us out this week hopefully you have a great lenten season a blessed season and of course thanks to my brother's cup and birmingham mortgage group have a great weekend roxanne i love you love you You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at RoxanneandAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.